Hello and welcome to the History of LA Scott one-on-one sessions. I am Eric Kohler, producer of the series, and uh, we are uh, anxiously and eagerly awaiting on host Junior Francis, who will be joining us uh, shortly. Um, but do want to remind you all, let you know that the series celebrates the ska, rock steady, and vintage reggae scene in Southern California and beyond through insightful conversations with the legends and modern day talent, including those behind the scenes. And there's a lot of those behind the scenes. And whether you listen to us um, via podcast series or watch us on YouTube, we really thank you for your ongoing support. And we're excited about this one here. We have two special guests with us tonight. Uh, and on this episode, uh, two integral members of the undeniably powerful all women supergroup known as Rude Girl Review. Welcome Ginny Whiskey and Kristen Forbes, AKA Lady Hatchet. Hello, ladies. Hey. Hello, hello, welcome. Thank you for having us, Eric. Yeah. Thank you. Absolutely, thank you for being with us. And um, and again, we're, we're gonna uh, anticipate Junior's arrival at some point during this interview, but um, uh, thank you for your patience as we had some technical difficulties earlier. Um, but it's an absolute pleasure. And I wanna thank um, Mark Wasserman. Oh, we're gonna let in Junior here and see if this works. Um, but definitely wanna thank Mark Wasserman for helping connect the dots here. Um, so thank you, Mark. And as we get Junior situated here, um, we're gonna focus a lot of this interview on Rude Girl Review um, for, for various reasons. However, we do wanna start by kind of getting a little bit of history um, of you individually, if that's okay. Mm -hmm. Background. So let's start with Lady Hatchet, Kristen. Um, so you're also a singer, songwriter, and guitarist for the Scotch Bonnets. And you also are in the Players Band. Is that correct? That's correct. Yes. Can you talk about where you were born and raised? I was born in North Kingstown, Rhode Island. Um, I grew up there. I uh, went to school in Boston, I guess. Like senior year of high school, like freshman year of college was when I became aware of ska music. Um, I kind of came to it via the rockabilly path because in providence rhode island in the mid to late 90s the biggest the big local band was the amazing royal crowns mm -hmm. and they played with a lot of ska bands yeah. Skavoogie and spring hill jack and the allstonians and all the really good bands of the new england scene and that's kind of how i got into playing i um got asked to play in my first ska band from some kids in my uh, astronomy class <laughs> at boston university uh, played a band called Take Five um, for about a year. Got kicked out of that band because I, I honestly, when I joined that band, didn't really understand ska music. Okay. I think, um, uh, I, as a lot of people my age, um, ska the the ska had broken onto mainstream radio with no doubt and um, Real Big Fish right. and Very you know fair. all those. Yes, all the Boston's, all those bands. Sure. Um, so my, at that point, my knowledge of ska was just what was on the radio. And they were like, no, 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 there's this whole other, this whole other side to it. And I'm sure, like, okay, right. well, please someone shepherd me through to it because I don't, and this is pre-internet. So it's not like you just Google like, you know, 60s ska and a whole yeah. playlist comes up. It took so. a lot more to do the research and find Oh yeah. yeah. So, so I didn't know a lot about it, but <clears> it, like right at the end, um, a really great DJ named 
Generoso Fierro, who had a show, who still has a show called The Bovine Ska and Rocksteady um, that he does via SoundCloud. But at the time he did it on MIT radio. Um, and he was a friend of mine that I met through the Skavuvi guys who I, um, and so uh, I was starting to understand it a lot more then. But at that point, I think a lot of women have this similar uh, aspect to their story. It's like I was playing in a band for one reason or another. I got kicked out of that band. I wasn't good enough. Um, you know, I was in a relationship with someone and it went astray, but the dude didn't get to leave, but I had to leave. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of reasons. Uh, but then you're like, well, but I love playing music. And what do I do? Like, do I get to play in another band? Most people are not going to take a chance. But, you know, determined, precocious Christian was like, I got to figure it out. I got to learn how to write songs. I got to learn how to book shows. I got to put a band together. I got to learn. And it took a while. And I kind of distanced myself from, I was like, Scott Music, you broke my heart. <laughs> right. So I was doing more like rock, pop. Yeah, for a while I was like, You needed sorry. a break, you needed a break, right. I was just like, you know, like, I, I I remember we played a great show with the Austonians on a Friday and I got kicked out on a Sunday and I was just like, what the hell? Like, I finally felt like I was getting somewhere. I finally felt like I understood this music and then it was done, it was over. Yeah. yeah. And so it wasn't until years later, Fast forward, I was doing like solo stuff to like, I was programming drum machines and playing, cause that was also the time of like Lilith Fair. And I was like, I am not another yeah. acoustic role with a guitar. No, I I play electric guitar. I'm a rock and roll girl, even though I'm by myself. And so I played a show in Baltimore and my sound guy was my long-term keyboard player, Pablo Fiasco. And it took very, it took a very, not very long to, discover, oh, wait, you play ska music? I play ska music. Oh, and um, he ended up like showing me around Baltimore that night. And I was like, I have this Heptones dub album. I bet she's like, I've heard everything with Heptones. I'm like, you haven't heard this. And, um, and he hadn't. And I crashed at his house that night and he stayed up all night listening to his album. And unbeknownst to me, but he told me years later, he's like, I made a vow to myself. I'm like, I'm gonna, someday I'm gonna get that girl to play ska music again. And we're gonna be in a band together. Oh, yeah. he manifested that shit. So. That's awesome. And and did he? Well, yeah. I mean, I moved to DC to play with. Um, do you remember band? There was a band called the Dismemberment Plan, and I played with their singer in his solo right. project for a little while. And uh, and then I got kicked out of that band because another familiar trope to the female musician story is I was upstaging everyone, aka. I was the only woman in the band and I was giving it my all and I was just drawing attention because it's the you theory were, of difference you, if you're the you only too band. Good. You were, yeah. Well, uh, no, it's not, I mean, I mean, I'm good. I value my talent and my performance, but I wasn't so great. It was just, I was the only woman. And like the theory of difference goes, if you're the only one of a thing, if you're the only woman, yeah. person of color, whatever, your eye just, that's where the eye goes. and. You know, but, but maybe the people. insecurities of the other yes. members, right? A hundred percent. Yep. But uh, yeah, I reconnected with Pablo. He was doing jams in DC. I started playing with him. I started writing songs. Um, you know how it is sometimes you're in a relationship that goes south and you got to get out of town quickly. And so I call, I was one day, I was like living with this guy in DC and it just wasn't going to work. So he's like, okay, how long? I'm like, how long until what? How long until you get your shit out of my apartment? And so I'm like, Pablo, you live in a warehouse. Can I move myself, my cat and my shit into your apartment tomorrow? He's like, come to Baltimore. And that's how I ended up in Baltimore. And uh, it's really affordable here. 
And I think that's something, if you want to be a musician, you need affordable. Um, you yeah. know, I don't want to tell you what I pay for my mortgage because you'll cry because you live in LA. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, please. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, and uh, I'm conveniently located between New York and DC. And uh, there's a decent ska, there's a great ska scene in DC and there's a really good reggae scene here in Baltimore. So there's all the things you kind of need. And Pablo, the way I got into the players band was when I moved to Baltimore, I just went to a players gig with Pablo who already played in the band. And he was like, she's in the band now. <laughs> and a lot of guys were like, I'm not splitting money with another person. But the drummer, the two people in the band, Mark Leary, who went on to be the first drummer of the Bonnets, was like, oh, she's good. And the drummer was like, yeah, she's real solid. We got to keep her. So I didn't get paid for the first three years. I wasn't on the email list at first, but wow. like I had to eat a little, I had to drink a little haterade, but like eventually. So, so, what, so what year did you join Players Band? 2008. Okay. Right. And the Bonnets were kind of fomenting at these jams we were doing in DC. Uh, and then we got started in the fall of 2000. We had played our first show. Uh, no, excuse me. We played our first show in the December of 2009. So. Oh, so so just after. Yeah, yeah, like a year. It took about a year of yeah. kind of, like I said, jamming, playing with the players, uh, living with Pablo and working out some stuff then, you know. Right, yeah. And then now, but is the players band still active? Oh yeah. Um, the so players band is more of a regional thing. Um, yeah guys have families and kids and jobs so there's not a lot of touring but the players band is a really amazing quality band. i mean they've been a band for almost 30 years their horn section i would say is probably the best in the area in the what we call the dmv the district of columbia uh southern maryland northern virginia right, um right. like their their horn section is un, unrivaled around here and um and it's also like the most hesitate to say pro but it's like we play a lot of restaurant gigs with three sets or we'll play like um two sets at a summer concert series festival and that's when you really get to flex as a musician you get to take long solos you get to you know oh well so and so's not here today and so and so's not here today and we have this guy who's covering and he knows these songs but not these songs yeah, right. what can we do oh I can sing this song. Okay, let's do that. Or, all right, we got to make this a 15 minute version of 5446. So Kristen, you got to do, you got a version feel like jump in and everybody's going to solo. And, you know, we got to like really, <clears throat> and, and, and that's, it works your chops, you know? And, and sure. I but really, it can't, it can't really just be thrown together though. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And in the players I've like, I've had to play bass. I've had to play keys. I, you know, like I've gotten to, I've gotten to, I've sang, I've gotten to some days when, there aren't enough singers. I sing a lot of backing vocals sometimes, you know, I, I'm playing second guitar, like, you know, I'm the utility infielder. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. And on that note, uh, Jenny, let's move over to you. So you are also vocalist, saxophonist for uh, Hub City Stompers as well. Mm -hmm. a, another fascinating uh, review of sorts in uh, Rude Boy George, right? Yes. Um, yes. Which, which reimagines... Uh, uh, 80s new wave classics and kind of a ska rock steady and reggae fashion but let's talk about your um your upbringing and, and how you entered the scenes uh i was born in new brunswick new jersey and i and i've lived near the brunswick's pretty much my most of my uh like childhood life and some of my adult life um and 
I got into ska when like pop punk was kind of um, booming, like Green Day and Offspring and all of that stuff was on the radio. And then obviously like all the bands Christian, uh, Kristen mentioned, which was like Real Big Fish and Boston's and all that stuff. Uh, and I was pretty young when I started listening to ska. I think I was like 13 or 14. Um, and I was in I was in high school with a guy whose name is Kevin, who ended up being the trumpet player for Catch Twenty Two and Streetlight Manifesto. Mm, okay. And he he worked at um, a record store in the mall, and I would go there and visit him. And he'd be like, "Oh, you want to buy this? You want to buy this?" And he would kind of tell me what I should get and like um, introduce me to all different kinds of bands because my brother I had an older brother and sister, but they were like like metalheads, um, so they, we didn't really share a whole lot of the same tastes. But, uh, you know, when I would just look at the liner notes, because sometimes bands used to thank their influences in the liner notes. And that's what I'd be like, oh, I got to look them up. And I would buy it just because like, oh, Stiff Little Fingers, like, thanked this band. Um, So that's just how I got into ska, I guess, through that. Um, And I ended up going to see when Catch-22 was still called GIMP. Um, before they changed their name, they played like a, a small, like a matinee show somewhere near me. And, and my, my friend Kevin's parents took me so I could see them. And I was like, oh, like I'm a saxophone player. I've been playing since I was nine. I've always wanted to play something cool. Like now I can play something cool. Like I don't have to just play jazz. Cause like, right. you know, jazz is fun, but like, it just wasn't my, my passion. What I listened to in my free time. Um, and I've told this story before, I'm sure. Fun fact, because I was really good friends with Kevin in high school, um, they needed a sax player in Catch-22, and they asked me to play, but my mom wouldn't let me because I was, like, 13 or 14, and I was the only girl. It's whatever. My my Scott trajectory went a very... Oh, no, 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 no. Um, It went its own way. It went the way it needed to go. So I'm not... uh, No hard feelings, obviously. Like, they're a great band and they've done amazing things, um, but just wasn't meant to be. So, but I just kept going to shows. And uh, I think my first band found me by searching ska, sax, and my town in an AOL profile. And that's how they found me. AOL profile. No picture. Like... Um, and it was a bunch of high school kids who were in the next town over that wanted to play, um, ska. And I think I, I wasn't the only girl in that band. So my mom let me join that band. And it was a girl. Ki- it was called professor plum, like from clue. Yep. Uh, and we, uh, we played like kind of two tone style ska, I guess. Um, and I played sax with them for nine years which is a long time for joining a band when you're like 14 years old but we played up until i was we played up until like right around 9 11 um happened and uh you know we had a lot of member changes throughout the years um but i still talk to some of those people like still to this day but are Um, they they, they still exist as a band yeah no 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 that band disintegrated right around that time uh the bass player books all kinds of shows still. He booked that Atlantic City Festival that we were just at. Um, my bass player from that band. Yeah, but I don't think any of them really still play ska music, but they're still around. Um, like as, you know, people. Um, what else? Right. I kept I kept joining <clears throat> bands here and there um, throughout. Like from when I was age like 20 to 22, I was in no bands and I was kind of looking to keep 
playing, but I didn't know if I wanted to do ska anymore because ska at that point, like there weren't that many shows. It was like the early two thousands, like everything kind of took a dip. There wasn't a lot going on. Right. Uh, and I was, so I had kind of tried my hand at like guitar and singing and I tried to join a couple of girl bands, but they all wanted me to play the same like whole cover. And it just, it wasn't for me. Um, and then I found, uh, I found out that there was a show at Rutgers University and I was living in New Brunswick at the time. And it was a band that said it was made up of members of Inspector 7. And I was like, I remember those guys. Yeah. I know those guys. We've played with them a dozen times in my old band. So I was like, okay, I'm going to go to the show. And Streetlight Manifesto was headlining. Mm -hmm. And I had run in, that's where I ran into Travis uh, in Hub City, having not seen him for a couple of years. And he was like, oh, uh, we could use a sax player. And um, initially I said no, because they had a full horn section and another band that night asked me to play with them and they had no horns. And I was like, well, I want creative freedom. So I chose to join the other band and they were called Bomb Town. Okay. Um, and they did kind of like dance hall. Uh, it's really hard to explain. Dance hall, there's like a little bit of hardcore mixed in. Huh. Um, it was an experience. You can look it up if you'd like. My singer used to sp like yeah. spit Everclear um, over a flame at people and like set people on fire. Anyway, yeah, it was nuts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I did that for a while. And then my singer in Bontown went on, he was a Marine and he had to go to Iraq. So we kind of took a hiatus for a while, just writ like we're writing and wrote songs while he was gone. And then Travis from HCS was like, my whole horn section left uh, because they had like a come to Jesus moment where they were like, look, the band wants to tour. If you're not into this, like you have to go or whatever. So a lot of a lot of the horn, all of the horn players left. Um, and that is when I joined HCS, which was 2002. And how, yeah. long, how long had they been around before you joined? Uh, Wait a second. No, it was 2004. They were around for two years before okay. I joined the band. Fairly so <clears throat> yeah, they weren't around all that long. And then that's when me, the current bass player, Bob, uh, reggae Bob joined and um, a couple other folks. Yes. Uh, and, and I've just been playing with them ever since. It was supposed to be temporary because my singer and my other band was on leave in Iraq. And, you know, when he came back, I was supposed to stop playing with HDS, but it was too much fun. So uh, and then eventually I ended up leaving. I ended up leaving Bomb Town to be with HCS full time. Right. Ginny, hold that thought real quick. Sorry. Junior, mm -hmm. we can hear you. I think we almost have connection to Junior Francis. It, Junior is with us. We can hear you. We can see your name on the screen, but we cannot see you. Um, I'm yeah. trying to conjure my insight. There we go. <laughs> you know, yeah, Kristen, okay, ward away the nets. I've I've seen I've seen the fly come across the screen. I'm my roster friend Ross Rick told me like, oh, if you burn incense, you'll keep the flies away, and I was like, maybe that will work because if not, I'm going to lose my mind during this Maybe. interview. They're like Maybe. everywhere. I, I'm gonna save the the very last question for the fly. Um, <laughs> uh, so, so murder. <laughs> <laughs> as junior still uh, tries to get his camera going so so jenny oh we can hear you junior uh so jenny uh huh? yes we can hear you can you hear us i'm not sure why i can't hear all right he'll get he'll get it going 
Uh, Jenny, talk about uh, Rude Boy George, if you would. Uh, so I've known Mark and Roger a really long time because um, we've always, I've been, well, <coughs> flat, go back to like my first show with my first band, Professor Plum, and like, I don't know, 1996 or something so, or seven. And sorry, Jenny, real quick. Junior, we can see you now. Can you hear us? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh-huh. Some, yeah, something, but- is, something, something, is, something is wrong. I think my phone has seen is better days. All right. But Junior, we have you. That's all that matters. Junior, please meet two wonderful human beings. We have Kristen, a.k.a. Lady Hatchet, and we have Ginny Whiskey. Junior, hello there. Yes. I'm, I'm trying to make you hello, proud. Ladies. <laughs> Hello. Hello. We yeah, got, we got some great. Oh there, oh there. I, 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 I didn't, I didn't jump ship. Is uh, I, something is wrong, and I can't figure it out. I think my phone is in a hot spot. I, I, I don't know. Right. I switched to um, Wi-Fi. Is, yeah. Anyhow, your, your perseverance. How y'all doing? Has gotten you through. Perfect. Uh, you know, got, everything is cooking curry. That's right. We got some great nice. background uh, <laughs> on on Lady Hatchet's uh, career. Uh, we are talking to Ginny Whiskey now. She she was starting to talk about Rude Boy George. Um, and so with that, mm-hmm. please carry on. Um, I've known Mark and Roger a long time and because of Bigger Thomas. And my first show ever in my first band ever in like 1997, we opened for Bigger Thomas on Halloween at the Stone Pony in Asbury Park. Um, and that was the first show I ever played on stage. And it was with Bigger Thomas. So um I've known them a long time. And um, also my husband, Rob, who's also the guitar player in Hub City Stompers. He um, played in Bigger Thomas for years and years. So we, we know those guys. And then they had, they had uh, their singer had moved down to South Carolina um, and they needed a singer and they needed a guitar player and half the band quit. So they called us because we were like a package deal. Um, and we just started playing with them and it kind of just felt you know it kind of just came together real quick because we all knew each other and like rob's played with, we i played with bigger thomas a bunch so it kind of just gelled real nice real fast so so um uh rude boy george had started prior to you you three joined. yeah they had a whole other singer if you look at all uh, their old music videos okay. they have a whole different singer her name is meg she's fantastic and uh and she will be sitting in for me as well for another show um coming up because rob and i are going to be in new orleans but yeah she's still she's back in new york now and does sit in um with the band uh when i can't make it she sat in with them when i was in colorado with rubo review right 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 um and one more question for each of you before we go into Root Guru Review, and, and I'll let Junior ask that first question. But um, Lady Hatchet, um, when the first, or maybe not even the first, but 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 what is what is your most memorable, and it could be for on the, on the good side or negative side of, of touring and, and playing with Scotch Bonnets? Any any crazy story, any any wonderful story, or anything? Um. Okay, I'll give you one of my fate, my big, the band's big highlights that also has like a ridiculous, fantastic story attached to it. And I'll keep it kind of brief. Excellent. Uh, so one of the biggest things I guess we've done as a band is we played at the Victoria Scott Festival in Victoria, uh, British Columbia. 
Um, I was elated. I'd been there. I, I played there with Angela Moore. So I knew Dane, the promoter. I knew the island. I knew it was like a big deal uh, in the community. Mm-hmm. So I was really excited for it. Um, and big props to Dave Hilliard at the Slackers who helped to hook that up. Um, but ever since we, as soon as we confirmed the gig, I had this underlying anxiety of you have to take a, you have to take a boat to get to Victoria. It's an island. You have to take a boat. And knowing how irresponsible my crew can be, I was like, we're going to miss the boat. Like my big fear was we were going to miss the boat. So the night before we played in Seattle and we, we scored, we managed to get on a bill with the pie tasters who were actually, they played in Victoria on Friday and then they came to Seattle on the Saturday. We played Seattle on the Saturday and went to Victoria to close out the festival on the Sunday. Um, and I was even more scared because I was like, we have to get on a boat at like, like seven in the morning or I think it was like 7.30, it was early. It was very early, especially if you're playing in Seattle the night before with, and especially we're playing with the pie tasters who are our friends who are like um, legendary drunks. Yes. <laughs> and so um, that night our, our then bass player was this guy named Dan and Dan had a tendency to get kind of nuts. Uh, but he was like, no, he knew how nervous I was about this. He's like, I am going to stay sober that night and I will drive. I'll make sure that we get there. And I'm like, deep down, I don't trust you, Dan, but I'm not going to say that to you. I'm just going to say, okay, we're going to do it. So we left, we played the show. It was great. We had a great set, had a lot of fun with the pie dishers. We left Seattle at two in the morning. You had to drive down this one highway until you got to Olympia. And I only knew that because of whole when I went to school in Olympia, go to Olympia and then turn north on one. And then you just follow it around and you get to the boat place. Okay. But it's also one is also kind of like a square and it goes out. If you keep going, you get to this peninsula where there's literally a rainforest. And I know this because I, I fell asleep for a half an hour coming out of Seattle and I knew I shouldn't. And GPS wasn't really, was a little like the reception was spotty. And I was like, just take one North to towards the boat. Just, and I fell asleep and I woke up about half an hour later and I'm like, where are we? Are we at the boat yet? And I see we're in Aberdeen. Another reason I know that one, because that's where Kurt Cobain is from. And I knew from a map, I'm like, wait, that's not where we need to be. We're too far west. And and sure enough, like, if this is where the boat launches, this is where we are. And I get on GPS, finally, I get a signal. And it's like, going to take an hour and a half to get to the boat. And we have like, half an hour or something. And I'm like, or no, it's going to take two hours to get to the boat and we have an hour. And I'm like, I start to have a panic attack, but then I'm like, Dan, you need to stop the car and get out. Pablo, who is our resident speed racer. And normally as like a slightly terrifying driver, I'm like, Pablo, do what you must to get us to the boat. (laughs) And he just starts driving as fast as he can. And at one point he had to slam on the brakes because a fucking elk Cross the road in front of us like a dinosaur from a prehistoric time. And I'm just like, ah, we're all, ah, and we don't, we, we're like, okay, that's why you're not supposed to drive this fast. I was like, Pablo, just be careful and just be 
Careful. And we're driving around the coast and the sun is coming up. I felt like we were in Lord of the Rings, like riding, running over the Rohirrim. Like there was just, the sun is coming up and it's epic rainforest. There's mount, like, you know, rocks coming out of the ocean and mountains and misty mount mist wow. and just, and we're going as fast. I'm like, man, I hope I can come back here at some point in time because this is like a, a yeah. this is like a, sci-fi fantasy nerd dream come true and we're i mean we're going 60 and we're going on hairpin turns and god bless that maniac we made it to the boat oh like my gosh. in time to get in the queue oh an hour like maybe 45 minutes in advance and yeah and Anyone we got and we were meeting a substitute drummer because our drummer unfortunately has um some issues why he can't get a a he can't get his passport okay. so we had to get a sub a sub drummer who's waiting in the parking lot like slipping in his car he's like oh i wasn't sure if you're gonna make it i was like we weren't either but here we are <laughs> and you did you made it and it was an incredible set everything went well once yeah we had a good we had a great set we had a great time <laughs> what a story they brought us weed like after our set i was like oh canada Aww. i love you like <laughs> i love canada wow. so it was a really I, good time but, great yeah. great story i'm glad i'm glad it all worked out i'm sure dana is as well so yeah, shout out to Dane. He's a wonderful human. Yes, I've not met him, but I hear nothing but amazing things about him in this festival. So, um, Ginny, what about you? A, a a wonderful, positive, or a horror story? Uh, that was a great story. I don't have anything <laughs> that really compares. Um, one of my well, one of the my favorite gigs I think we ever played was the first time HCS went to Mexico. We really weren't sure what to expect and we hadn't slept at all the night before. Um, our flight kept getting changed. And uh, when we showed up at customs and told them that we were there to play the uh, festival, the guy didn't speak a lot of English and he went, ska, me, 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 me. And we were like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And uh, it was really, it was crazy because it was in like the town square, like the city square in uh, Monterey on the steps of the Mexican museum. Wow. And there was like thousands and thousands of people there, like excited for ska. And I'm like, wow, that doesn't happen here as much as it should. But they're yeah. like, people were going crazy. And yeah, the crowd what, what was amazing. Year, what year do you think that was? <clears throat> oh, that was like 10 years ago now. Okay. So 10 or 11 years ago. But um, yeah, no, 10 years ago. And uh, people had made their own merch. Like wow. they had NJ Meet Monterey. Like they made their own T-shirts. My husband has one. Um, which is really cool. And like the fans are amazing in Mexico. Every time you go to the bathroom, you feel like you're a beetle because people are coming up to you like, because uh, nobody speaks English. So they want to take your picture and you're like, yeah. really? What? Okay. Thank you. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, and then I have, yeah. and I have a gross barf story. Um, they, uh, when we were driving back from playing Des Moines, actually with the Agrolites, we played right. yep. um, a festival that was in Des Moines. And uh, we had to drive through Nebraska, which is a whole lot of nothing. We had to drive like several hours at night. Um, and one of our, our drummer at the time, he's sitting all the way in the back seat and we had packed the van in such a way he had to like climb over us to get out. And all of a sudden I turn around and I see him like with his cheeks oh, puffed no. up and he's putting his fingers over his mouth. And uh, we stopped the car and uh, Rob just like launched him out of the car, like by his feet. And he was barfing on the side of the road. And then my other guitar player got up and was like, I'm going to barf too. And they were both barfing. <sighs> and then the merch girl had to sympathy barf because she can't smell or hear barf. And then she had to barf because they were barfing. It was like, stand by me. 
Was it? It was, was like. It, um, <laughs> so yeah. be, it might be TMI, but was it? Was the bar from uh, motion sickness, too much drinking, or stomach? Bump? It was. It was definitely from too much drinking. Okay. Definitely, and definitely from like mixing too much weed and alcohol. That's okay. definitely what that was. Wow. Uh, but yeah, and then after at that point, every, every, everybody was outside puking, so I decided it was probably a good time to pee. So I popped a squat. But like that was like the Hub City Bar Farama uh, in the middle of nowhere, Nebraska, and it was pitch black in the middle wow. of the field. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah. What a story. Well, when I mean, Junior comes back on, he can he can definitely talk about Mexico and how amazing Scott fans are down there because he's had the pleasure of going there a few different times. So um, but we'll we'll await Junior's return again. Uh, let's turn our attention to Rude Girl Review. Hey. Yes. Yeah. So talk about how the idea was born and how it initially came together. And this you can, I'll let you, you two uh, take turns or fight or however you want to do it. I don't know. We can't figure out who thought of it first, but it was between the two of us. Okay. Um, we're, somebody, it was somebody at Supernova. I, I, it yes. was either you or me, or it might have been Travis, like somebody at Supernova 2018. Okay. Was like, Jenny Whiskey and Lady Hatchet should pull together an all-girl, all-star band, and it would be amazing. And were you both playing there with your respect, respective bands? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. And we definitely knew each other at the time. We definitely, I think, had, like, mutual admiration society going on. Um, and I was, I mean, personally, I was just like, yes, yes, I want to work with Jenny Whiskey, so whatever. Let's do it. Like, I don't know. I don't care what the context is. Let's just do it. Yes. Um, and we started talking. <clears throat> we got about as far as, well, this lady could play this part. This lady could do this. This could do that. Who's going to be the drummer? That was like where we kind of got stumped. And then we found out about Kat, Catherine. Um, Stock. Stock. Thank you. It's late for me. Um, we found out about Catherine Stock in playing in the pandemics and we're like, and I was like, Jenny, do you know this girl? I know you know the pandemics, do you know this girl? She's like, no, but I'll check her out. And that's about where things stopped because we are both very busy people. Yeah. And uh, it really took, that was, take it. Oh <laughs> no, I was just gonna say that was, 2018 was also the year that I was getting married. So like uh, that was even well, more happening, right? Yeah, it was a little, that was even more insanity, but yeah, no, you can continue. Okay, but then it really took the pandemic. <clears throat> really took everything coming to a grinding halt and people having time to pursue some other things. Mm -hmm. And um, one of our, one of the, one of the ladies in our crew, um, our girl Tara, she, um, she was doing a podcast at the time called Checkered Cast. Right, right. And right. she interviewed me, she interviewed Jenny, and one of her stock <laughs> questions at the end was, if you could play music with anyone, who would you want to play with? And Jenny was like, well, I'd like to play with Lady Hatchet. Like we talked about doing this all girl band and it, you know, it, I would still like to do that. And I remember hearing that and being like, yeah, we got to do that. Yeah. And Tara is very tenacious. And she was like, that needs to happen. And if I have to make, if I have to manifest that myself, I will. So she, the first thing she did was she brought a uh, Tim receiver, the, main organizer of the supernova sky festival onto the podcast 
And she had a whole plug, like I'm a whole pitch, like, okay, I think they should do this. And here's why she didn't even have to give it because Tim of his own volition was like, oh, and if Jenny and Kristen were to put together an all girl band, I would make space for it um, at the festival. Yes. So then you fast forward to, it was sometime in January of 2021, Mm -hmm. um, a mutual friend in the scene, the lovely Annie Clemens was, she's a master um, uh, dessert maker. Pastry chef. Okay, wow. Thank you. Um, And she was hosting like a Zoom bake night and myself and Tara and Lindsay, our fourth of our like kind of managing crew uh, was on it. I think there were some other people uh, and we made lemon squares and I got really drunk. I drank like the end of the <laughs> wine that night. I was like, because I was alone during the pandemic. So any chance to be with people, even on the computer was like really a, a, a gift and also incredibly awkward for me. Cause I was like, people, people. <laughs> um, so I got really drunk and Tara then decided pitched to me, like, listen, you know, like, I have Tim on recording saying that he would do this. And would you wow. do that? And I, like I said, I wasn't expecting to talk shop and I'm drunk and I'm like, well, you'd have to get a, we'd have to get a drummer. We'd have to get a drummer and we need a, we need a little money, you know, for rehearsal space. And we'd have to have a Dropbox and we'd have to do chart because there's no way we could practice enough. Blah, 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 blah. I'm just rant, running at the yap. Right, right, sure. And she is taking notes the whole time. She's like, yep, yep. Okay. I think I can get, I think I know how to get the money. Okay. We can do that. I can do that. And I was very like impressed that she was so. Sure. Like prepared and for like not delusions of grandeur. She was just like, okay. And she could take me kind of foaming at the mouth. So I was like, okay. Um, And then also Lindsay was on that call who said, you know, Kristen, I have choir experience. So I could, you know, like. I would love to be a part of this and work with singers. And I thought, you know, we would need that. Like we would definitely, the more, one thing I definitely said on the call was I can't do this by myself. I can't take on another project yeah. and do everything. And, and and I was like, in my mind, the delegation of tasks, like, okay, Lindsay, you take the singers, Jenny, you take the horns, I'll take the rhythm section. Sure. And Tara, you're you can do some of the like, management tasks and then we can we can kind of make this get this off the ground yeah. uh and, and and is Lindsay, who you mentioned does she play in other other groups yeah she plays in the squats and 13 towers oh, okay yep excellent sorry carry on yep oh, no worries um and uh so i hit up jenny was like you want to do this and she's like hells yeah and uh we the beauty of supernova is that just about everybody was there yeah. You know, like all the horn, like we brought in three people. I think we, we did have to, ch- we did have to get Catherine to go, but it didn't take a whole lot of, she was in pretty much from the yeah, yeah. communication. She's like, yeah, sign me up. Um, uh, and we brought in, we brought in Dania mm-hmm. um, Best uh, from Agent 99 and right. Dubastry because she's in the DC area and we knew we knew we wanted like to reach out to some people, not just like we were like, if we're going to reach out to someone, we want like some heavy hitters, some people sure. who are going to yeah. give this some some weight of history and also just bring their like bad, their bad selves to the yeah. stage. And she definitely brings it. And also like 
We'll get into this more, I'm sure. But one of the things about this project is we really want to give that platform to the voices that have been somewhat overlooked by, by the scene historically. And I feel like Dania is probably the number one person who has been over. I mean, she's been around since yeah. the nineties in New York oh, and right. original so, slackers. Yup. Mm -hmm. okay. So, right. you know, uh, we reached out to her. We also knew, okay, we're gonna have to trust everyone, put everything in a Dropbox, put demos in a Dropbox, put charts in a Dropbox, put lyrics in a Dropbox and trust everyone to be able to work on those things. I mean, we have people in six different States. It we was really more, it was more for this first time. At that time, yes, that's real. Be because we had someone from California. We had two yeah, people had, from yeah, Arizona. Tara, Tara from out here. Yes. Yeah. We had Tara. We had uh, the two gals from Bocat. We had, we had Danny Raddick too, because we knew she was attending right. the festival. So we were like, oh, hey, you want to jump on stage with us? And like, she was all about it. But yeah, we had, I don't even know how many states, probably like nine, nine or 10 states. And basically you had from, from January, February, right? Of that year until well, September. until September. Yeah, until September. It was even a little bit of less time because like the four of us were were scheming and plotting, but I don't think we fully recruited everybody until April. Oh, I think okay. April was when we fully like yeah. recruited everybody. We reached out to everyone in like January, February, and we're like, hey, would you Did be we? down? And everybody got back and was like, yes, but it took it oh, took it took a couple months, months yeah. for yeah, us to, something that massive, to, like, to demo everything. To demo everything, exactly. I mean, some songs that we did, like, um, you can get it if you really want. Very mm -hmm. true to the popular arrangement. But then yeah. a lot of the versions that we do, never going to get it, respect, you know, those types of tunes. Like, Jenny and I had to take the song on, make it ska, do mm -hmm. the recording, put it in the drive, get people to learn the parts, you know, yep. um, get Lindsay to add some of the vocal parts. You know, there was yeah. a lot of, there was a lot mm. of like nuts and bolts stuff that had to have a, you know, type up lyric sheets, make them into a PDF to, you know, just kind of secretarial type stuff. And that can be hard when you have a lot going on. Um, I've, I've run a Dropbox before for bands. So I, and I also know that like, you have to do this stuff early especially because it, I knew that I knew we were going to have to rehearse this a little bit. And that was probably going to have to happen in like, you know, leading up to July, August, leading up to the festival. Mm -hmm. um, and I know for myself, I get really busy in the summer gigging. And I knew that some of the people we were asking yeah, sure to do this, right. like Allie from Stop the Presses, she's a pro, like she gets yes. busy. We had, I knew that it was like, at some point, some point like end of february beginning of march i was like yo we got to get this done by the end of the month we have to get and we have to send this off to everybody so that like look we're serious this isn't just yeah, yeah we asked and then oh we forgot and dropped no we're gonna do this we got to get this to people early because then you know even at that time just the four of us we there were only two days that all four of us were available to rehearse yeah so i knew i was like if this is how hard it's going to be with just the yeah. four of us we're not going to get everybody that we need so we got to yeah. So we, by beginning of April, we got it out. Luckily we managed the July, July date did not work for enough people, but we had an August date that we still were able to get enough people, all the rhythm section and all the horns. And then we got as many singers as were convenient and available. Uh, and then we had one more rehearsal the day before we played um, in Virginia beach. And that was with everyone. 
Oh no, we did a horn sectional in Baltimore. We did, yeah, we did a horn sectional at your house. Yes. And and Jenny, did your experience in Rude Boy George and, and you know rearranging and covering songs help? That's like my favorite activity, truth be told. <laughs> I have so many. I have an album on my phone of just me taking pictures or screenshots of songs if I hear in the car, like, and I'll be like, we gotta cover this. I have a whole album um, of like photos of like song ideas. That's one of my favorite things to do. I love doing that. Um, So it was super fun for me. Um, What was not fun for me was doing horn charts, which I, I still have to do, but you know what? I've gotten the hang of it now and it's not so bad anymore, (laughs) but I was always too punk for charts. I've never been into it when people would try to join Hub City Stompers whenever, because it was just me for a long time. When other horns would join, they'd go, you got charts? And I'd go, get the fuck out of it. I don't got no charts. I learned those, <laughs> I learned those songs by listening to the record. I didn't even have the first record when I learned those songs. <laughs> I don't know. I get real crotchety about it. I don't like it. But like I do it and it works out great though, because we can't always be together. And it's great for guests because now in the format we have, I'm probably jumping ahead now a little no, bit, no, no, please. but so since the 16 person supernova extravaganza, yes, we have narrowed it down to 11 people who are in the group and then so 11 core members, 11 core members. And then as we, wherever we go, if we know that there's horn players there, we give them a couple of songs if we have singers, we give them a song. And like, that's just the kind of format we've been taking on uh, right. recently. So those, those two positions, if you will, horns and singers are the easiest to supplement, clearly. Right? Absolutely. Yes. Or the least difficult, I should say. Not easy, <laughs> but least difficult. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because the horns we just played with in Colorado, you know, one of them didn't even get to practice with us and she showed up and just slayed it. She was totally prepared. Yeah. Mackenzie from the Swashbuckling Doctors. Check them out. Nice. So, amazing. so uh, going back to Supernova, I mean, the, the, the buzz just on social media alone, right? That performance, me, photos, videos, just this chatter was incredible. Um, I, I had major FOMO. Um, <laughs> but, but talk about, did, did it exceed your expectations as, as far as both how it looked and sounded on stage and just the aftermath, if you will? Uh, yeah. I, I mean, when we were putting this together, I don't know where our heads, I can't remember where our heads were at before we actually played, but I'm not sure if we were like considering carrying this on or maybe just doing it like for supernovas or whatever. But I know that after the set happened, we were like, oh, we need to do this again, like a bunch. And, uh... Um, I think like, I know going into Supernova, Joni and I were very like adamant, like, sorry, the 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 popo is flying over my house. Oh, uh, that's what that is. <laughs> no I, like, live in the, I live in the hood. Aliens. I'm sorry. Sorry. I'm a musician. It's gotta be cheap. Sorry. <laughs> Anyways. Um I know Jenny and I like before the festival were adamant, like, this is gonna be good. This is not gonna be a novelty. This is gonna yeah. be like a good band. And we were like hell bent on being like, y'all better practice. You know, like, I mean, we weren't yelling at people, but we were like, they better practice. This has got to be good. But everybody, I think everybody got it. Everybody was Everyone like, took it serious. Like, yes. This is going to be, it's going to be fun, but this is going to be like a serious thing. Like, if we do this, it's going to be, it's got to be good, especially because 
they made us direct support for the pilfers. Like right. we were the right. second to last, first show. Great slot. Second to last main stage. Yeah. And I was like, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta crush. We have to. Um, and I think musically, we were pretty happy with the way it came out. You know, it was a first show. You have to be, you know, you have to give yourself a little leeway. Things are not going to be the best that they'll ever be. But I think for a first show, like it was really good. And the feedback we got from people, from like you know, people that I respect, were like, "You guys were tight. You're horn. You know, you're." I just want to interject that like one of the the best things about Rude Girl Review for me is that Jenny Whiskey does all the horn arrangements, and I think up till now people have not given her her due at what an amazing arranger she is like she thank you amazing. Django has said it that's great um you know guys in Mephiscopheles have said it like people are just like wow who does your horn arrangements I'm like Jenny Whiskey and they're like really I was like yeah really wow I was like yes bow down at her feet <laughs> she's amazing man I'll take it take it, take it. um so so yeah, the music part, I think we had, you know, high expectations and they were mo mostly met. The part that still trips me out is how so many guys were like, I was crying during your set. I was just crying. And I'm like, I can't comprehend that. Like, I get it that women are gonna be moved emotionally because it's a really amazing, you don't get to see this many women performing together and like just crushing the game. Yeah. Like, it's so yeah. empowering. It just is like, I can do this, I can do anything. And I get that from a female perspective and from a male's perspective, I don't understand. I still am like, I get, I, it's wonderful that you feel like this is a space in which you can become overwhelmed with emotion. Like I know a lot of y'all dudes, like society is like, no, you can't cry. Like that's, there's right, no crying right. for guys, like man up, you know? Yeah. And so that's awesome that you guys feel like this is a space where you feel like you can express, you can become overwhelmed with emotion and go there. And that's great. I don't understand why it's <laughs> happening. I still, I'm just like, what? <laughs> Even after three, like you, you've done, you've done three or four so far. Uh, Colorado recently, than you did. I guess four. Four. In New York. Two in Colorado. There we go. That's right. Yeah. So you still don't. It still boggles your mind. Uh, I mean, I guess I get it, but I'm also still like, like we had a similar reaction from fans in um, Colorado, and they were just like, I was just so over. I was so moved. I was a cry, and I'm like. Well, great it's great you, you all are making magic uh great <laughs> i'm happy for you but i don't understand huge it's a, it's a compliment of compliments right yes i i yeah. am great i'm you know i'm grateful that people feel something because yeah. that's as a musician that's what you want you want your music to get people Absolutely. to feel something yes yeah. to move to move everyone um you also all do a wonderful job on Social media and different and different posts and I love the little all video. her. It's all Jenny. <laughs> love, love the video of, of Greg Lee uh, watching watching Duran Duran. Duran Duran. <laughs> oh my God! Is really that there a video of that? Yes. Cat yeah. took it. Cat. So Cat um, from the pandemics. We were in their room. We had a pizza party with uh, 
Well, it was just Greg Lee in our room. It was a bunch of us girls eating Domino's and uh, probably enjoying some of the plant products of Colorado. And um, we were hanging out in the room and Greg Lee came in to eat pizza with us. And we were watching Duran Duran for some reason. They were doing a live performance. So can I interject? He was just like, he was just like, oh, you guys like, because we were, we were all going to hang out with we were hanging out outside enjoying leaf product. Greg yeah. Lee found his way outside. Then the rest of Hipcat found their way outside, but we had ordered these pizzas. So we're like, all right, we'll see y'all later. We're going to go eat pizza. And we go sit in the room. We're watching like the end of the new Elvis movie. And uh-huh. then Greg, yes. like, Greg Lee like sheepishly knocks on the door. Like, um, do you think I could get some pizza? And Lindsay was like, <laughs> Lindsay was like, I'm going to give Greg Lee some pizza. Is that okay? And then I think it was Catherine who was like, he can come in. He can come into our room. I don't really care. And like, you have to picture it's like a freaking slumber party. There's girls yes. in the back of the bed, on the front of the bed, in the oh, chair. You like, buy this photo. It was great. I love it. But he like, as when the Elvis movie was over, we were flipping channels and we found like a PBS, like Duran Duran, not 80s Duran Duran, modern Duran Duran. Like, they're on tour currently. And or they were at the time and they were playing somewhere. And I really was like, I wanted to see Duran Duran when they played in my area, but I was on tour and because they're freaking great. Their bass parts are so good and Simon Le Bon can still sing. So I was like, dude, can we watch this? And everybody's like, okay. And we're just like having a girl pizza Chilling. party. And Greg Lee walks in like, y'all watching Duran Duran? We're like, yes. <laughs> What's your problem? Denise like, dude, I want them to play Planet Earth. And they did. And we're like, and then they played Ordinary World, their like power ballad from the 90s. And they go into this, I will never forget this moment. They go into the chorus and I won't cry for yesterday. There's it. And Greg and Jenny simultaneously are like, and I, I will never forget this moment as long as I live because this is my like this is why I'm a musician for moments like this. What an experience, yeah. Well, Cat, like, oh, she got a video it? of it. She got a video of it just to send to her bandmates in the pandemic so they could be jealous that Gregory was eating pizza and watching Duran Duran with us. It's those moments <laughs> off stage, right? Those backstage moments that are amazing. Yeah. Yes. Oh, I love oh, there was another really great moment after that show too. And there's a, uh, I haven't ever posted that drawing that he drew of you. Ah, that's the other Greg. Okay. Uh, oh, Greg, not- to, to be fair, I'm not like the drunk that I'm portraying myself to be in this moment, but I happen, I mean, we played at Scott Brewing and we do not get Scott Brewing beer on the East Coast. It just does not make it no. out there. And I've heard a lot of things and they gave us a lot of free beers. And I was like, I want to try all the free beers while I'm here. So I was like trying all the, but I, I'm vegetarian. They didn't really have vegetarian food. They had some snackies, but nothing substantial. So, you know, I drank three, four beer. Oh gosh, Chris, I really tied one on. I drank four beers, but I didn't (laughs) eat anything. So I got a little drunk. Um, and uh, yeah, we got pizza back at the hotel. I was still kind of like, you know, feeling, re- I was still just feeling good. Like we, we crushed the set, we're hanging out. This is great. This bride and this groom at the last, like we went outside for our last smoke and this bride and this br- groom come in and everyone's like, oh, hey, we're congratulations. Hey, congratulations. And I'm get a little body and lippy when I'm drunk. And I was just like, hey, lay that pipe, lay that pipe, lay that pipe, lay that pipe. pipe." And 
I don't know. I guess LA guys never heard anybody get body like that before. But <laughs> Greg, the drummer of Headcat, draw, drew like the most amazing Archie comic caricature of me going, lay that pipe. Yeah, like, see that. Greg Narvis, extremely uh, multi-talented. Yes. yes. That's amazing. With your permission, Kristen, I will send it to him if you'd like. For it. Go for <laughs> it. That could be your, your picture really, for the podcast. Well, have, have oh my God, so our, funny. So one of our pride and joys out here. That's oh. what a great experience. Well, they were, and Hepcat was also at Supernova, right? So, so you've done. Yes. Maybe, yeah, you've done a couple different. Um, aside from those two stories, what what did you learn from Supernova that you applied on on the shows in Colorado? Anything? Ooh. I, well, I think this is like a lesson for everybody to learn from this, but like if you give people who haven't previously gotten a voice to be heard, they will surprise you and they'll blow your mind. Just saying, um, giving people spaces to shine is really important. Yes. I love that. that that's, that's powerful and, and so true. Yeah. Um, well, and then your next performance, right, is coming up this weekend. And for those, yes. for those lucky and uh, fortunate viewers or, or listeners who will hear this before, uh, what do you have in store for uh, Scottoberfest in Connecticut, right? We have a really great lineup to choose from. And as we mentioned before, we pick our guests based on who we're playing with in the area. So... Yeah. We've got um, Sergeant Scagnetti, who has the talented Carmella on sax, who we're going to have jump up with us. There's a great band out of Connecticut called Sonaris Rising, and we're going to pull up the two gals from that band with us, um, Stephanie and Effley. And then there's going to be, oh my God, we're going to have Trish from some ska band join us we're gonna have who else i don't know you'll have to come you'll have to come oh of course duh the person who i probably know the best out of the whole group liz from the best of the worst on trombone will be with us as well um so it's gonna be great we're gonna have a bunch of guests um yeah and you kind of never know what's gonna happen when you throw these little extra variables in it's fun so so if it's 11 core and you supplement with some singers and horn players, does it equate to usually 16, 17, 18? It's going to be, we have, and we have an extra keyboard player too, because we have Pam with us on, on keys as well. So it's going to be like, at one point in time, there will be like 17 people on stage probably. Yeah. That's incredible. That, that we'll talk about it. I mean, it just, it just harkens back to the reviews of yeah. old, you know, like mm-hmm. it, when Motown went on tour, they had a big band, they had a full horn section, they had a full backing vocal section, they had a full rhythm section. And then they would just, you know, there was no, there was no one star. It was mm-hmm. like, they would yep. like, you know, rotate, mm-hmm. ladies and gentlemen, I'll give you, put your hands together for Marvin Gaye. Okay. And he'd do three or four songs. And then sure. ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for Smokey Robinson. And he'd do three or four, ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for Gladys Knight and the Pips. And they do, you know, and yeah. it was kind of like that. And um, people could jump on and off the tours. And that's kind of, kind of one of the like guiding lights for this project is the cool. idea that like, there's no like star there are many stars yeah. and everybody yeah. gets their chance to shine. Yeah. Many, many stars. Um, talk about 
the songs that you have recorded recorded that people can find either right now whether it's on streaming um or i think jump up right jump up has a single there uh, and then talk about what's in the works as it relates to like recordings we have uh my originals called unruly ways that's on uh all the streaming platforms and on the seven inch uh, Lady Hatchet and Jade Tremba have Lioness that they wrote that's on the seven inch and the platforms. And then yep. we have um, Jade Tremba had written a song featuring a bunch of us uh, called Love the Way You Dub. And that's just on streaming right now. And that's a recent um, think, right? Uh, that came out in January. Oh, okay. So it's been a while. Okay, it's been out a while. Okay. Or February. I might have just been February? late. Apologies. It came out in the winter. That's that's right. all I remember. I think it was January. Um, okay. We do have two songs for comps, uh, hopefully coming out soon. We don't know when that's happening yet. Um, and we're not, we don't currently have any recording plans right this second. We're kind of just trying to <laughs> just get together to practice for the shows that we have. Yeah. Since we all live so far apart, um, it's been difficult. So that's what we're doing right now. But I think after, after England, we'll probably try to, I don't know. We'll have to look into that. We yeah. kinda, we're kind of just flying by the seat of our pants, you know? <laughs> there's a, there's a method to your madness. Um, but, but talk about you, since you referenced uh, England. So talk about going overseas. Uh, we were invited to um, specialize the big, is it the big 11? One 11? I don't remember. I can't remember when <laughs> I, have I think I think it is 11. I think it's the big 111. So it's um it is a uh 3-day festival in the south of England um in a like a holiday park like it's a trailer park for like where families vacation to go to the beach for cheap but in November nobody goes to the beach so they let us uh reprobates uh rent it out and <laughs> have a ska show. Um, HCS and Rude Boy George has been on that and it's an excellent festival. They raise money for the Teenage Cancer Trust. Oh, amazing. Um, and so we were invited early, early this year, they invited us. So we'll be there in November, uh, early November. And then before that, we're actually going to play the new cross Inn in London on the 4th of November, Friday, so the 4th. So two, two shows across the pond. Yep. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> okay. And then what do you, do you have any confirm shows or tours for next year or, or anything that you're currently planning hmm. we have some interest here and there but we're kind of just trying to get through this year first kind of yeah. see where we end up and and move forward at that point you know oh, we would love we'd love to see you out here and uh on the west coast there there are some amazing uh, singers out here as you both know there's a lot of interest to get oh, us we know like we that i think that i think if we weren't going to the uk we'd be a little more proactive about making that happen right now but i think um once we do that that i think that will probably i don't mean to suppose or speak out of turn but i think that would be um the next logical step for us is to think about how to get to the the yeah. west coast and what the logistics maybe, of that would be what the cost 20, 2023 Yes. Um, you both have been doing this a while, meaning performing in the ska reggae scene, so to speak. Um, what what 
what keeps you going? I, I would imagine that Rude Girl Review helps keep you going. Um, but but you still both really love and enjoy what you do. The glory. The glory. <laughs> the money. <laughs> That's what Roddy Radiation would ever say. It's not about the money. It's about the glory. <laughs> I mean, before this project, like, I, of course I was enjoying it. I wouldn't do it if I didn't enjoy it. Um, you know, it's like, it's been a, playing music in front of people has been a part of my life since I was, you know, a, you know, even going as far back as to like being in band concerts, like a little kid, you know, I kind of live to be in front of an audience. It's kind of my thing. Um, so I don't think I'll ever stop until like I am physically unable to, but Rude Girl Review is kind of, given me a little bit more of a, like a focus motivation. And I'm kind of at a point where I'm like, I will not stop until all of these people are household names. Like when you think of, when you think of like big deal ska people, like people are like, Oh, Vic Ruggiero and you know, Dave Hilliard or like Jesse, but I want people to be like lady hatchet because she fucking deserves it. You heard her ska repertoire. Like she's played with all these great bands. She's amazing. It speaks for her. Like her work speaks for her, for her. It's very, obvious great, great storytellers why is it not a household name i'm just saying like household name oh Jenny. everyone should know yes all of them all of them you know another yes and that's why that. like rude Rude girl review like is one of our missions is to be uh, to give a platform to the voices that need to be elevated and like to elevate women's voices not you know not only just like with the band, but you know, we make an effort to work with female designers, yes, um, button makers, you name it. Like we try very hard to just, you know, give like give you know voice because we've been here for a long time, man. We've all been trucking away doing this, and you know, it's. I think. I think we're all very patient, but it's like an uneasy patience because you watch it. It can be so easy for some people. And, and yeah. but the other side of that is, and this, this has done it. This has served us well, you know, so often if you're the only woman in a band, you have to be that much better than all the dudes who are just kind of skirting by just to be on that level, just to be seen yeah. as like, okay, she's good enough. She's not just, you know, cute or whatever, you know, it's like, no, I'm cute and I'm good, damn it. But right. yep. so when we put together Rude Girl Review at the first rehearsal, the very first rehearsal, like we start into first song, second song. And very quickly, I was like, God damn, we're locked. Like some bands, it takes months, years, <clears throat> and we're just there. You know, the yeah. drum, the bass, the guitar, the keys, we were just the group. Yeah, yeah for an all-star type project, yeah. To, to the lock. horns were just there, you know, everything worked. And I was like, it was shocking for about a minute. And then it was like, oh no, this makes sense. Because when you have that caliber of musicians that's gonna work twice as hard and you fill all the chairs with that caliber musician, you're gonna roast people, so. yeah. You know, and it's, I mean, we've played, yeah, we've played four shows. By the third show, we were already like segueing songs and like really being mindful of like pacing and yeah. being yeah. like, okay, she's got the solo, the lead, so make sure she gets that mic or she's got the solo. So, like, kind of, you know, and, and the stage was kind of small. So we were kind of tear. Oh, 
so-and-so is taking a solo so kind of lean over give her like make sure she's seen like we all just did that organically wow. and i think it just speaks to, like i said the caliber of musician that we have plus i mean dania said this i'm all about that she's like for me i'm all about the hang like when all of us women get together and get to hang out like we don't get that often we're usually just the no. like <laughs> how many times jenny you've been on tour and you're the one girl going to the bath going to the ladies room at the truck stop yeah yeah <laughs> you know and being like oh okay everybody's going to have like a fire hose contest and i'm going by myself. <laughs> okay guys i'll see you later you know that's real and uh and it feels really good to just feel like you're in a gang with like the coolest girls and i i, I told Denise, i was like i feel like we're in the go-go's like I feel yeah. like we girls, <laughs> and all the guys want to hang out with us, and all the women want to be our friends, and we're just sort of like, yeah, man, yeah, it's cool, whatever. Really, I just want to hang out with my band. <laughs> it's a great analogy. Yeah, yeah. right. We're Don't worry, we're not on cocaine, and the groupies aren't that young. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love that. That's that's a that's a great analogy. Um, well, and I'm and I. I feel bad. <laughs> Junior Francis has not been able to rejoin due to some technical difficulties, but I really appreciate both of you uh, being with us. And um, what yeah. else do you want fans who either know you or don't know you um, to know about uh, you both and, and Rudger Review? Any, any, uh, any other stories you want to tell? Anything else you want to share? Open in a very, very broad question. I, I will just like, I would like to just particularly shout out like all the girls in this group. There are, I have like a saying whenever I like join another group or if I'm sitting in with someone, my saying is if there's going to be an asshole on stage who doesn't know what they're doing, it ain't going to be me. And I'll never be that, you know, I'm always prepared. And it's great because everyone has that same work ethic. Like everyone's like, well, I'm not going to be the asshole. And it shows yeah. because we have a group of people who are really dedicated to their craft and like really make it work. And they're all like awesome, amazing, wonderful unicorns of humans. Like we all genuinely really like each other. It's like the babysitters club. I like it. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. We have, Junior and I interviewed um, uh, Tara Han from half past two shortly after mm -hmm. supernova. And, and she just talked about how amazing of an experience she had out there and how, and how appreciative she was. So. I yeah. just told her too, like, if we, we, you are always welcome to sing with us. Always, always open invitation. Um, so I just let her know that recently because she's amazing. She sounds like a beautiful Disney princess and I love it. Yes. I finally met her in person at, um, actually at Derek Morgan's show. Uh, mm. so finally in person. Um, Lady Hatchet, what about you? Any, any final? Um, Final words. Um, uh, I love, I will, okay, I'll say this, that for me, there's a real, there's a real special thing about a group of women doing something together like this. Yes. And it's not just the historic nature of it. Um, it's also just on um, and on a social level. Um, I think women are so often 
conditioned to be jealous of other women for the attention of men. You know, oh, there can be a girl in the band, but it can only be one. There can only be one. <laughs> and there can only be one. You're so conditioned to just being like, you know, like, you know, like feeling weird about other women. And, the, you know, I, I had a guy who shall remain nameless, but plays in a band uh, out here. Like, you know, when I was when we were first getting this, we hadn't played Supernova, we were first getting off the ground. And he was like, oh, you got a whole old girl band? You know, oh, I bet you guys are always like, you know, at each other's throats, bitching and everything. And I was just sort of like, actually, it's exact opposite of that. Like, there's this beautiful thing that happens. I think once you get past that jealousy, and I think we're all... None of us are old, but we're all older and um, old enough to be done with that kind of bullshit and really enjoy the presence of other women who've had similar experiences. Uh, and there's this beautiful hive mind that just happens very organically. You know, I feel like so often in rehearsals or in messages on our threads, like we're all just like, vibing and we're all on this and i think that's part of not only what makes the music so great but makes the experience so great is that you're you really more than it's more than a gang it's it's yeah. like it's yeah. like root review is its own breathing or when we get together and we voltron our powers together it's almost like there's this like breathing organism that is yeah, you, you feed off each other you really want to prop yes. each other up yeah and- See it's really beautiful and special and i'm really i feel so great i feel so grateful to work with these women because they're all amazing um fucking beasts of yeah. players and they're really just amazing people and you know um i think when you are kind of a weird girl coming up um maybe i'm just i'm just speaking for myself here but when you're a weird girl and you don't know who you fit in with when you find your tribe as we have with rude girl view it's a really special beautiful precious thing and i think we all are at a point where we value we are grateful for it and are so valuable and yeah. we recognize that its value and we just want to you know hold it you know gently and watch it just can grow and absolutely like- yeah well I, i've shown some videos uh, your live performances to my two daughters who who uh, oh. Oh, yay. Love watching you. Um, and it does seem to be an exciting time. I mean, obviously, this incredible project and very important project that you are working on with Rudigal Review and obviously, you know, seeing so much of like what the interrupters are out there doing, you know, on some huge stadium shows, right? Um, you know, waving the ska banner, so to speak, right? And uh, in front of audiences who may not know it as much, right? So, um, uh, and, and a lot of examples, Catbite, right? Making making some good waves and uh, oh yeah. But there's but yeah, th- you know there's there's as you two know best. I mean, there's a lot of um, women on the scene, right? And so the platform that that, that you two and 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 the, the rest of Rude Girl Review are, are helping provide is just so so important and special. And 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 thank you for doing that because it is. It, I think it is something that. Um, uh, that people are really enjoying and we're going to continue to get out there and see and support, support you by listening to the music, get out there and support by um, buying some tickets when, when we can see you live um, and do want to wish you the best uh, in Connecticut. And then in November, as you go across the pond. Thank, thank you. you. Yeah. Thank you both. And, and again, uh, junior Francis sends his regards. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, 
we'll have to see it's you in technology per- duppies technology got us yes but but them, them duppies they they you know they never let you have any fun <laughs> it was it was the fly it was the fly lady hatchet um, i probably it's probably my fault <laughs> no, but, um, really appreciate you both taking the time talking with me um here on the history of uh, la sky one-on-one sessions um thank you to junior francis for trying to get on um and on that note, where can uh, people find Rude Girl Review and then, and then maybe um, uh, your other projects? Rude Girl Review is on uh, Instagram at Rude Girl Review. We're on Facebook, Rude Girl Review. We have a TikTok, although I don't know how much it's updated. I don't handle the TikTok, but it's there. Um, Rude Girl Review at gmail.com for booking inquiries and such. And uh, yeah, on all the streaming platforms. And if, uh, we got a website too, www.rootgirlreview.com. Oh, yeah. You want to actually check the website out because we have like a little kind of like a newsletter blog yeah. kind of thing where we like, where we have like little write-ups and stuff. There's some stuff on there that's not elsewhere. It's pretty cool. Excellent. And then um, Hub City Stompers and Scotch Bonnets, you're on all social platforms as well, I'd imagine. Yeah. We are not on the TikTok, though. I think everyone in HTS is too old to do TikTok. Yeah, I, <laughs> I'm i morally opposed to TikTok. I think it's the death of intellectualism and uh, create independent creative thoughts. So I'm like, yeah. I have an account, but I'm not posted on it. And I, yeah, I'm with you there. Same. There's too many, too many out there. Yeah. I'm also like, oh, now you, you thought that like people didn't have the attention span for a three and a half minute song. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Try 20 seconds. That's all you got now. Uh, <laughs> like, I, know. I know. Well, again, thank you so much, both uh, Kristen and, 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 and Ginny. And uh, again, congratulations for what you're doing. Uh, I wish you nothing but success and, and fun times and safe travels out there. Um, and I also want to thank everyone for listening and watching. Uh, please subscribe to this podcast series and to our YouTube channel. Follow, follow us at History of LA Ska on Instagram and join our Facebook group. You can um, also follow at Junior Francis. Uh, This series is produced by myself uh, for Rockery Radio. And again, thanks everyone for the ongoing support. Get out and support the music scene. And again, Jenny and Kristen, have a wonderful night. Thank you both so much. And continued success. Take care. Thank you so much. Thank you. You bet. My pleasure.